G'day, punters. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Pete Anthonis joined by Shane Curlio, Rob Scarry, and Jackson Oldham to review the meetings, in particular at Caulfield and Rose Hill from Saturday. There was a hint of spring in the air with some of the horses running around once again. The weather at Caulfield was Scheisenhausen, Jackson. It was freezing. The rain somehow did not arrive, much to our chagrin having uh, I could do better there in the last. But if we start with our own boy resuming off a lengthy spell for Matty Raymond, mm. the data is interesting, oh, isn't it? It is. It is. He, he was out the back early, um, was back and wide. And I just truly thought in my heart of hearts he was going to get to the outside and <laughs> We're going to win by seven, and I really did think that. But uh, having got the data, I thought I reckon he's run about as well as he can, um, and he's run eleventh of twelve. I certainly would agree with that. Um, you just have a look at some of the final splits. If you're looking at a horse that's resuming off a lengthy spell, probably short of his best distance wise, drawn wide, you know, running through the line on punting form with the sectional ranks that he did, twelve fastest last two hundred, seventh fastest last one hundred of the meeting. Mind you, unanimous in a similar position, seventeenth fastest last two hundred and the fastest last one hundred of the meeting. A little bit of a secret source there from punting form, and then you have a look at how the track was playing on the day. It was relatively even up front. You certainly didn't want to be too wide in the straight, though. I think that was probably the key takeaway: is that lanes eight and wider were just yeah. not advantageous whatsoever. He's ended up in the widest lane possible. I think on the entire card he was the On the widest. meeting, yeah. He was um, the only horse to get to lane 15 for the meeting. So it's, it's, a, it's a good effort by him running on well. So we'll just start with our own little – that's the greatest part as an owner. You're never actually done until you get the disappointment of actually just losing the race and then finding no excuse whatsoever. So you're always alive. Exactly. You're always alive in the preview. Exactly. Uh, Anyway, we'll, we'll march on from there. But if we look at the meeting in its totality, look, the best performance of the day was shared between Bound for Home, winner of race six, and Uncommon James, winner of race seven. Curls, I'll bring you online. Your initial thoughts with Uncommon James when you're doing the preview show, what were you thinking? Although I was overly concerned in the end about the horses that had beaten in Brisbane. Yep. Um, who had subsequently failed when I backed them. So there's a fair bit of pocket talk amongst that, <laughs> um, obviously. Um, but then, you know, like it's – there's two racing jurisdictions where form doesn't exist, and that's the Northern Rivers of New South Wales and, like, Albury. Um, and the horse that ran second to Uncommon James sat four wide the trip and was a last dark grafton winner. Yeah. So I'm just going to continue that narrative that the jury is still out. But, geez, it was impressive, wasn't it, to the eye? And the data sort of backed it up. It was it was impressive. Yeah, Jackson, it? what are you, what are you viewing this race? Like how, how are you looking at the regal roller going forward? Oh, it's good. You can take the winner. He's he's quite good, and the rest of them go directly in the bin. Um, <laughs> William Thomas has run on third. Like, the yeah. whole, like dead set, guys. Like, where are we at? He was the only horse in lane 10-plus. There was 17 of them of the day. He was the only horse from in those lanes to run a place, and he's fallen in the third. Open-minded was eights out to 32s. That's kind of just what this race is. Uh, Lombardo's completely gone. Rangers has run in, into a hole. Um, this is an awful, awful race outside the winner. Which is which is kind of the reason I was I was on pre-race because I you know I thought they're all no good, and they're you not were right. 
You were right. And well done to D Lane for riding with his elbows out too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's probably the the one, you know, can can you give him a little bit of a bonus, Uncommon James? If he gets a clear run, doesn't he win by further? Yes. Uh, Yes. Yes, you're right. So there, there might be an extra length or two under the hood, but I don't exactly know where you go from the, the regular roller listed race for four-year-olds plus. I'm not sure what the next well, there, um, journey is. You're going to the Chautauqua uh, Stakes at Mooney Valley. What's that? Uh, I You would assume a sprint race considering it's the ch- the Chautauqua. Uh, Big race. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's over – I'm correct me if I'm wrong, somebody, but I'm pretty sure that's over 1,200. And then – and then they're eyeing off the Rupert Clark after that. The old Rupert Clark. There's going to be a few horses nominated for the Rupert Clark, I think. They will probably be eyeing that race off because I don't know how deep it's going to be this year. Mm, well, it's, um, it's a great narrative. Uncommon James has done what it's done there because we've been saying for a long time, Peter, where are these good horses? I don't know. I still haven't seen any. <laughs> Um, I mean, I've been crying that extremely lucky for the Everest on the basis that there is no horses coming through. Anyway, we might see one. Rob, maybe Rob saw one in Sydney for us. I don't know. We'll get there later. Rob, yeah, Rob might have seen a couple of good horses up there in Sydney. We'll see. Uh, look, the the PB Lawrence, the Group Two, unofficial start of spring. Mister Brightside has won a walking race. Mm. Willow just put it in the spot, didn't he? But it, you know, he's held off Iron Superman who was settling behind, who's gone pretty well through the line, that's for sure, given he wasn't exactly suited by the tempo. Buffalo River leading his run on or held on for third. Regal Power I thought was good. Um, resuming, he certainly looked like he's got a lot of condition to come in the yard. And then Uncle Bryn that was backed at Millions, Jackson um, started, what was it, $9? Uh, $7, I yeah. say. And it's... Um, hasn't run a place. So run us through your thoughts of the PB Lawrence. Yeah, I thought Mr. Brightside um, walked particularly well, but I thought it had plenty of improvement to come. Yeah. But this sort of walking tempo um, and was just right in the slot gave him absolutely every possible. This was a, a great ride. Um, has a bit of an SP anchor now and some hype around that I've heard, oh, it could be, you know, headed to the Cox Plate, um, meaning I'm definitely going to have to be against going forward. There's nothing in the data that, that would put this horse into – well, put this horse into Cox Plate contention, that's for sure. Um, outside of that, Uncle Bryn had none back and wide off this tempo and uh, Elephant, uh, Elephant resuming off 175 days. This was the slowest it's ever gone to the 600. Um, just couldn't sprint with them and I thought was very good through the line. So uh, Elephant and Uncle Bryn are two you can, you, can, you can have moving forward in the right race, I think. Yeah, look, I mean, my, probably my one query regarding Mr. Brightside, just completely comparing to what he did earlier this year, yeah. it's a four-length inferior figure to when he was at Flemington and not suited. He settled back in that field behind corner pocket. Um, look, there was just no intent out of the gate. I think he had a wide gate from memory on the day. Willow's positioned him ninth in run, was held up. And look, still he managed to overall run four-length, in, uh, superior on that occasion off a relatively similar tempo. So yeah. I don't know really what to make of this horse going forward. I'd be certainly willing to take him on next start, that's for sure, yeah. um, and probably even another one or two. As you said, he had a lot of physical condition to come, so his grand final might be, you know, three or four starts away from here. So uh, just purely on a data point of view, I'm, just, I'm a bit cautious on Mr. Brightside going forward, especially given that he's one first up. 
Yeah, and it'll be obviously price I just, yep. dependent on where he goes next start. But I'll be I'd be leaning to be against. That's for I, sure. Okay, the two three-year-old races. We had the Vane Stakes race five, won by Giga Kick. Um, now, look, you, you backed out the one, um, and you're very bullish. There was a little bit of uh, consternation in the mailbag team, especially from uh, the former captain, Jay Dickens, I think, with regards to chances of Alpha One. But Damien Lane uh, took the bull by the horns, slow tempo, as to be expected. You know, typically when he does find the front, it's usually a, a slowish race. Um, but Giga Kick has run over the top with some very impressive final splits. I, I said to you before the race, I expected Giga Kick to look a little bit more uh, presentable, so to speak, in the yard. He's still got plenty to come. Yeah, heaps to come. And um, he walked into the yard at Flemington, was it two or three weeks ago? I can't remember which, but with even more improvement to come. And I'm like, this is a horse that could be peaking in three months' time yep. rather, than, rather than right now. Um, Alpha One was at complete top. The race panned out exactly as I thought. Um, and he just found one, one too good and beat the rest by a fair margin. So I'm, I don't know, I'm as happy as I can be with the bet, although, you know, because the race panned out exactly how, how I thought it would. And uh, the horses beaten behind, we had Malayan Cannonball, Thron Bone. Uh, are we making any excuses for those? Or are we just looking for them to find a weaker class of race? Well, Malayne, I thought, although uh, Pete Moody horses don't jump out, you know, amazingly well at the best of times, I thought this horse jumped out like a hurdler. Um, <laughs> and he was really, really good through the line. So uh, I think I'm, I heard Golden Rose, um, anything sort of 1,400 metres plus, I think um, uh, this was a really good trial for him. Uh, the rest of them, are the Jerome Hunter horse, are Todd Bones used up all his stuff now. I think that's sort of him. Uh, and the rest of them would be jury out for me. Okay. Race six was the Quisette or the Cazette or however you pronounce that. Uh, for the three-year-old fillies, Rob Scurry's class. Um, bound for home has won off a very fast tempo up front at any old price. Uh, probably just got the splits at the right time, though, in the straight. Yep. Beat uh, or held off Ohio. I'm loving your third. Um, it's probably a little bit of a... Tricky race to dissect, big field, probably the replays will need to come in, but obviously good conditioning uh, race for a lot of these gallopers. Yeah, and and obviously the equal best performance of the day, which was surprising because my gut feel not looking at the data is that I want to be against these going forward, mm. but then they've run really good time. Like the um, Berry probably at 250 to 1 in the worst lane, slashing only on the outside to be beaten four kind of puts a cry up on the form for me, even though yep. they've run really good time. Um, yeah, so I, I, I really am going to try hard to be against, and I'm hoping the market just just takes that uh, takes that time and the, and these are a little bit over bet moving forward. I must say probably the thing that stood out to this, or to me in this race in particular, is that none of these horses appeared to be at top. There was just condition yep. to come on all of them. It's such a difference for, for people who want to get a comparison between yard watching and WA where horses basically stayed the same throughout a preparation, might gradually improve if they're real top end. You get a real appreciation of horses that improve week to week when you're in Victoria and I'm sure in New South Wales, Rob, you can agree. But, uh, Rob, you were relatively keen on the chances of Ebhar, the Sydney form, but it's that three <laughs> wide no cover, completely lost radar in the corner and ended up yeah. in the wires going. I think that has to be a complete forgive, but I'd be yeah. looking for a change of course in particular. Yeah, maybe down the 
great. Uh, look, I had a big crack of her as a two-year-old over 1100, one of those silver slipper races or something, and didn't go a yard. I think it was won by Best of Bordeaux, won the race, who, who turned out to be one of the better two-year-olds of last year. But, um, yeah, I, I, I hated the way she her, she galloped the last sort of 150, 200. She looked, she looked all, all at sea. She looked, yep. yeah. Which is interesting because she did win at Caulfield on debut. Yeah, I, I thought that might have been a little, you know, lead there, a bit of a pointer taking the, the horse back to the scene of the crime to get her back on course. But, yeah. I mean, obviously three wide no cover wasn't ideal in the very fast tempo, so I think there's an excuse there anyway. But, but I was looking uh, even further back with, I think it was Catch Me in similar colours with a similar setup. Um, actually won the quiz after winning first up. Um, I thought I had a lot of Catch Me about it because she was a lovely looking up Billy as well, if you remember her, for the Snowden table, stable. Anyone catch that, me? That was Caulfield in a nutshell. Those are the feature races. Jackson, did you have anything else out of any of the other races, any other horses that you want to follow going forward? Unusual culture race two being given absolutely no chance by Linda the last two start. Um, yep. in, in benchmark 78 grade again, jockey change will be a bet. Okay. Very, very nice there. Rob, we'll head up to Rose Hill because there was a little bit of – general narrative i think it's always concerning in sydney these days when you see the results of say the highway or the midway or whatever they've got on early and you see rail 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 positioning one two three or you know very difficult to make ground yet horses looming out wide and not going on with it but uh the red flags are out early for rose hill and in the end i've got on my punning form data rails and run being a two length advantage over those selling one off the fence and a four length advantage to those selling in the three wide line yeah, mate. Uh, it was it was a hot, hot rail. Um, Barry won. I won a number of races. Uh, I, is it an OHNS issue? We kind of thought this was going to happen. Um, Mark Sheen was saying it on the victims show that. It, so yeah, it was it was very much a map day. Um, but we, I got to see some good horses. Which ones do you want to talk about? Well, let's start off with. Well, was there a feature? I guess the the Rosebud technically was the feature. The uh, the listed race there, race eight for the three year olds, and you had Spacewalk, which was the runner up to uh, Zercarino, I think, is that's how we're saying it. But Spacewalk should have won if it just didn't throw it away with what fifty meters <laughs> left in the race. With J Mac on board, like yeah. how do I run from barrier two? This has got got in the. Uh running line and it's it's the widest in the straight as well um and it's somehow got beat so yeah he's a real sprint type um big ass on him uh and i've got improvement to come zuccarino is is is, i think a a good three-year-old too um paraded really well uh kaibu i think the jury's got to be out it's sp favorite here it actually um closest to top like you know the, 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 the most today of these horses um and mark sheen's tip seven act um, which is all it's done is drift um it's only got beaten three and it's probably the one you know it, it's now my number one golden rose seed wow okay three-year-old cult there by capitalist um it obviously won on debut at Caulfield, ran fourth in the blue diamond um, and then failed in the golden slipper on the heavy track just plenty of improvement to come in it, you know, typical, typical Hawks, but God, it's a, it's a nice, nice Walker. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm sort of half banking on the fact that, that, that all the two-year-olds, all the star two-year-olds 
are not much good. You know, they're 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 all run on wet tracks, and um, I'm very concerned about them. Okay, so you mentioned some other good horses. Well, the winner of race nine, Kalino, and the winner of race ten, Shades of Rose, both winning as favourites. Just uh, run us through both of those gallopers. Uh, Kalino got her today, Waller, which is I think now two from three for, for wins. Um, but <laughs> it was drawn off the rail. Um, and uh, yeah, look, it's it's a nice little walker. It's borderline panther, but there's not much on it of it. Um, Canasta, you know, he's, he's an honest, honest horse, especially at Rose Hill. Um, he, he's in it from a long way. Um, and the outside of the race, you know, I always find this just a Jedi back to a Wednesday. That should, you know, probably be a bet for me somewhere on a Wednesday. Yep. And then uh, Shades of Rose there in the last. Uh, it would be lo- lovely, you know, above this class. Um, it was a dollar ten shot after 100 metres. J Mac was never getting beaten. Um, Monty Ditto's, you know, run well, backing up, you know, what I did the other week. We were on a previous start. It's run well again. And uh, Quick Tempo, another horse who's been on this campaign, he looks to be thriving through his prep. He's missed the start by, you know, a, a, a decent amount. So he could be winning um, somewhere if he can jump. Okay. Um, probably the other main race on the card is that open handicap race six, one by Surefire, which is returning really good order. Um, it's obviously more a 2,000-plus metre horse, but uh, was dominant there in victory. Yeah, that, this was a bet, bet for the service. Uh, we found the Waller first up with the had it, coat was gleaming um, and just had a really superb attitude. And um, yeah, then I saw Jane Mac, then I saw Barrier One, and I think we had it like second or something in the rank. So it was just a, it was auto, one of those. Auto, auto, I thought I maybe could have had more on it for the service in hindsight, but it's uh, we haven't. Um, you know, we've got the exactor, so you know, shouldn't cry too too poor. But um, yeah, it's it's a horse in for a big campaign. Maybe an Epsom horse on the way to something else. And then quickly, we'll touch on race two, a bunch of three-year-olds here. Men's voice obviously ran up the inside and got the right run, but defeating back rower, Major Bill, Wave Rider Boy. Um, was there anything that really stood out here? Because you had a few other horses back in the field, um, namely True Crime, which uh, didn't f- finish uh, in the numbers. It settled outside the leader and then has peaked in the straight. Yeah, it's gone It's gone very poorly. Um yeah, I'm not sure I like anything out of this race. I think we described uh, Wave Rider Boy as uh, average, average type. Um, back row, it looked to have every possible chance to win this. He looked pretty tuned up. Um, yeah, uh, the only horse I could possibly want to see again is the, is the Toppy Show Court. Okay, very good. Uh, is there another horse that perhaps stood out on the card as one that you oh, were happy to follow? Does, uh, look, the market did me a favour with Frumos. Like, I wanted to, yeah. you know, just... just Load the cannons on this at 250, even though it had a, had a, a shocking, shocking draw. Um, you know, there's no way it was going to get in, but I just thought it was, you know, a 10 length better horse than anything else in the field. Um, it's gotten beaten, and I still might be right. Um, it's going to, on a race like the Tibby at Newcastle, um, it's, I said it when I pissed in uh, at Rose Hill uh, that it's a spring horse, and it is a spring horse. Uh, Good thing, Pete. Well, you know, we all saw that. Some people. Oh, what, are we they, just going to brush over that now, are we? <laughs> I, I, yeah, look, Huey, he's a good man for the sport, you know. He's just, just, he's just had a bad one here, maybe. I don't know. I didn't I'll tell you what he has got. 
I'll tell you what he has got. He has got a large repertoire of excuses. Cut a holiday short for this ride. Mm. He cut a family holiday short. I don't think it's the first time he's used that one. I must go. <laughs> That's a good one. Scrolling back through. Um, I was interested to see that the third horse, um, uh, Arnie Zora, was in lane seven. Um from the top of the straight. He didn't seem to have any issue going, running on, uh, riding the best horse like the best horse. J-Mac didn't have any issue on Surefire riding it like the best horse, um, you know, coming away from the fence and making ground. And and nor did um, Chad Schofield have any trouble coming down yeah. uh, in the middle of the track. So someone told me that Waller was interviewed pre-race and said, we won't be leaving the fence on this horse. We're going to roll the dice. Yeah, it's something like that. And then Sorry. the market and then the market went to you know two thirty to two dollars late on Betfair. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're gonna get Huey fall back the fence. Looking to dart through, use those anyway. I think it is a ten length better horse than Torfic Glass. And um, yeah. it's pretty disgusting. Maybe Pandora Blue's got you know, the stable's going well as well. Kristen Buchanan, her, her horses, are, you know, I'm not sure what the data says on them, but, yeah, that they all, always present really well. Well, nothing beat the class benchmark in the race, so I don't no, think... No, I'm saying, is. yeah, this Frumos, yeah, that, that's a disgrace. It, it, should have. <laughs> <laughs> it should be winning uh, yeah. against... But anyway, yeah. it's not... But there's one other horse to follow out of the meeting, um, and that's out of race four. It's it's Catalan again. This is this is well back when it wasn't going to get the rail, um, and yeah, it's it's got a lot of improvement in it, and um, I think it's run well against the pattern. Not sure if the the first and second um, are much good though, but um, Catalan should be. Yeah, well. I know. I- I know what's not much good, and that's munitions. How did it not go past? Ah. Oh, thanks, Kels. Thanks for giving the opportunity to bleat on this. This is a 20-unit half-head for the service here. We, we, we backed out, had a decent crack on munitions from gate one. This is the, a brilliant bet. Um, and the other good thing, that it looked like it was going to win. I sent it out on top conscript. Um, yeah, we, so we've had the exacta, but, yeah, munitions. Um, my hands were ringing. Uh, for a good couple of minutes, couple of minutes after this. Oh, I just I just backed munitions off what you said. I didn't, you know, do anything else. I just couldn't. I just I was working out how much I've won at the 150 because it was going straight on by. Fucking oath it was. Fucking oath it was. Anyway, um, you know, spacewalk on the day as well. Can't get either of them, but uh, you know. Oh, spacewalk that's, that's part- was the sickest bit. That was yeah. <laughs> anyway, we Set a good set, but you know we, we had a winning day for the service, but uh, it could have been anything. Yep, been going well as always, Rob. Um, it's just going to get better as the better horses return over the next couple of weeks. That's for sure. I'm looking forward to getting out to the races again at Canterbury on Wednesday. Should be good weather, and you know the track should be improving. My my my, sounds outstanding. Curls, uh, if we head up to Queensland, was there anything of note that happened at Eagle Farm? Ice in Vancouver got beat. Um, <laughs> um, now, I, I don't want to talk about conspiracies, right? 
because once I start, I can't stop. We've got half the fucking jockeys are in relationships up here at the moment. I don't know if they're, I don't know what's going on. How was in Vancouver didn't lead, and the boyfriend of the jockey of Vice in Vancouver is like just like scrubbing the ears off his trying to hold the fence, and I uh, just like, honestly, anyway, I thought it would lead and win. It, once it didn't lead, like I knew we were fucked basically. So. Uh, what else do I know that's worth taking note of this? Um, <laughs> I was just gonna say, have you just created a new show, Pillow Talk for Jockeys? We can actually discuss speed maps and so forth. Well, but, it's, uh, it's 11 p.m. the night before. Well, there's race, there's a race net article every week, um, about a jockey in a relationship in Queensland. Like, fucking sickening. Anyway, I'll tell you what else I've learned, and nice jockey Jack Bruce can train a little bit. Um, he's done a good job with some cast-offs. Um, I think he was the um, the former Sydney foreman for Kieran Ma Racing, um, who's relocated to Deegan. Poor bastard. Um, but he can train. He's, he's done a good job. And he had it on Saturday with Berade. And, um, you know, I think uh, it'd be interesting. To, I'll continue to follow his um, maybe horses. Maybe a chance for Melbourne Bloodstock. I think he was with um, Bjorn Baker as well. Yeah, before. well, look, I was just saying before we started recording, we've got to be very careful how many more trainers we get on board here. I can't go spraying trainers anymore because they've probably got a horse with them. <laughs> um, That's right, uh, just send them an XOXO straight after you do it. It'll be okay. Yeah, look, no, it, I, said it was ter- I said it was a terrible meeting going into Eagle Farm and it got the better of me. God bless uh, Taylor Marshall for lifting um, Tessark into a place. Um, and then uh, I backed a horse at Toowoomba in a four-horse field that I mapped last, but it was a four-horse field, so it would be behind the leader, right? She only had to just, like, give it a little dig to tap, keep in touch and it will be winning. Jumped. This is over 870, mind you. Race five, go and look at the replay. Jumped, sat on it, let it balance up about eight lengths off the third horse in an 870-metre race and get beat half a length. Um, oh, <laughs> Um, I went to the track because I was interested in a couple of races in, in betting in runs. So I went into the I went to the track. Um, I didn't send a bet for the service because I wasn't sure which one was going to win race two. But I laid the favourite because it was going to be last, and I backed the leader and behind the leader pre off, and that map landed exactly like that. So I double pressed, and uh, fucking somehow the favourites come from last and beat the two that I've backed, and the margins were a nose by a nose. Any any bet backs there? You surely you've greened up. I could have I could have got the absolute shalotti and hit the um, trade out position button on my um, bet yeah. angel setup, but because I'm too good for that, I was like, "There's no <laughs> way this favourite's winning from here. I'm just going to sit back here and get the shot." <laughs> uh, oh, never never do that again, Kels. Hit the button. No. You know, anyway, I cracked the shits. I got home at three-quarter time of the Melbourne-Carlton game and took great pleasure <laughs> in seeing um, Kaziah Pigger kick that goal with 11 seconds left on the clock to knock Carlton off. It was... I would have paid money for a live stream <laughs> into your house with about a minute oh, left. I was... I said uh, I, they are all every F and C under the sun, a lot of them. <laughs> Mrs. Curley was disgusted. She she went to a room, sprayed me. <laughs> um, it was a 
small slice of redemption, which enabled me to continue on living. So are you going to the Brisbane game on Friday? No way. Oh. No way. I'm off Melbourne so heavily. They, they just – maybe that win sparks them or something, but they're just not there mentally for some reason. I can't understand why. A um, little bit like me after that result Saturday, which wasn't great. Um, well, at least you're not a Carlton fan. There was a great stat that Kelly Underwood threw out there on offsiders yesterday morning saying that no team in the AFL's history has been in the top eight for every single round during the year and missed the finals. But Carlton, if they lose to Collingwood, will be the first team to do it, which is probably the most Carlton thing I've ever heard if they finish ninth after that. Yeah, is that, that's, is that on the proviso that the Bulldogs win as well? Bulldogs are playing Bulldogs. Hawthorne. Yeah. I, Hawthorne were queuing the rack. They've, they've clearly changed up their structure yesterday against Richmond to try a few players in a few different positions. So, so the Bulldogs just win. Clearly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that'll leave um, Collingwood Carlton. Oh, Is that 20 past three on a Sunday? How good would it be to be <laughs> about 55 schooners deep at that game as a neutral? Collingwood. That is almost a final for Collingwood. Just to, the Schadenfreude for the supporters it oh. is a great, great win to knock if, to knock, uh, you know, Carlton. Melbourne will finish fifth I was going to, there's a corporate has already paid out on um, Carlton making the yeah, eight, which is, I like to see. Mm, well, that's staggering, isn't it? That sounds like fun. Um, that sounds like better than betting. Certainly. If anyone saw any of the races at Belmont, can you please let me know? Because um, the camera was so wet, it was just covered in rain the entire time. I still yeah, don't actually know who won. I'm just, I'm relying on what the actual numbers say, but I'm not even sure that they're, they're true. Um, but I'm enjoying betting in Kalgoorlie because it's the only dry track in WA, so bring it on. Oh, that was good yesterday, Peter. That Not often do you see a horse that you're backed, or anyone's backed for that matter, sit half a length in front of the even money favourite inside of you. So with the horse that we were on has sat mm. half a length in front of the even money favourite in front. Yes. And yes, ran so away from it. Like that's, that rarely happens. I did say there was a little bit of Nash there from Holly Watson, um, just dictating from outside the lead. But mm. I was a bit disappointed not to get the result there in the last. Um, I wanted to take on Seable, back feuding and gluten-free, gluten-free at any old price and everyone second and third and feuding never really got clear running up the inside. I was just hoping Seable with the, with the bigger weight might have wobbled around the corner, but Tash Faithful did such a good job keeping that thing in a straight line and just held its positive to the finish, but anyway, chipping, chipping away there in WA, one day at a time. <laughs> just never again in, in Broome. I just, no. Oh, torture. Anyway, uh, week ahead, look, it's probably the last quietish week, I think it's fair to say. We've got two listed races at the Valley, Jackson, but you've also got Cranny on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, this, this, is a, this is a shocking week. Uh, and it's meant to rain every day, and we've oh. got Patton and Polly, Donald, Cranburn, Achuka, Hamilton, and the Ballarat Polly into the Valley. What a week. Yeah, maybe sale on Sunday might be the highlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah prayers. But Memsey week next week. So yeah. back with the big ones. Uh, Rob, you already alluded to the fact you got Canterbury on Wednesday and Randwick, the week stakes, the group one. How many horses are we going to have in it, Rob? Three Wallers and four us. Various other trainers. Seven <laughs> has been the answer. You might be after. 
Sounds fun. Uh, girls, Queensland, just the usual stuff. Well, no, there's not. There's no days off this week. It's really pissed me off. <laughs> um, we've got Bow Desert Tuesday, Ipswich Wednesday, Rockhampton Thursday, Gatton Friday. And then all the meetings of the world on Saturday for once again. Yeah, same again. I, I think uh, Gimpy might be on another tab. Might be four tab meetings this week. No, it's a non-tab Gimpy on Saturday. That's a shame. So just Toowoomba, Gold Coast and Dooman. Oh, there is a meeting at Dingo, but it's a non-tab. <laughs> what? Yeah, Dingo. Dingo. Yeah. <laughs> is that a uh, Oh, no, Cairns, Cairns, because it's the Cairns, Newmarket, Cairns Jockey Club, bloody good meeting there. They race for Metro Prize money in a couple of races. So four meetings Saturday, you beauty. The uh, Dingo Cup worth $12,500, i am just looking at. That's a lot of money for a race at Dingo, isn't it? Over um, twelve hundred meters, it's a benchmark sixty. <laughs> mm, Field of Roses should have been there. <laughs> uh, and meanwhile, in WA, there's a couple of Belmont meetings, but the highlights clearly going to be Kalgoorlie on Sunday. So um, can't wait for that. I uh, just don't know what to do with that uh, in Belmont. It's been I know it's been wet for a long time in Sydney, but some of those tracks were wet without rain. It's been very, very rainy in Perth of late, and I don't like it. I'm cracking the shits. Just bring me back to Ascot already, but it's still about three months away. Anyway, um, huge week ahead. Obviously, everyone is uh, betting like complete and utter lunatics. The results are going well. Uh, Jackson, you've been on fire for the best part of a couple of months now. Curls, same thing up there in Queensland. Rob, I think you've been invincible for the last 18 and a half months at the very least. It's probably even closer to two years. And uh, he's, uh, Thanks for noticing. No one else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, your, your results in the last, in that period of time, I would challenge any other tipster in New South Wales to get close to your profit on turnover in the same amount of period. It took me two years to learn how to tip. Um, and yeah. Now, now the result. Now I can do that. Now I can do money on mail and tip. Exactly right. Most beautiful. It's a thing of beauty. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks very much for your time. We'll catch you up later in the week. Uh, there'll be previews as per usual, covering everything across the sporting landscape and racing. The narrative continues. We'll be back next week on the deep dive.